If you have your Bibles today, the book of Jude, chapter 1, verse number 20. Jude, chapter 1, verse number 20. I'll ask if you will stand with us as we give reverence to the reading of God's precious word. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. That verse 20 especially speaks about building up yourselves on your most holy faith. I thought about building blocks. Young people have building blocks. And there's building blocks even in this building today. I thought about you're building your life. You build it upon a solid foundation. That foundation is Jesus Christ. For no other foundation can we build upon other than the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the assurance of our salvation. Then after we get saved, there comes baptism. Amen. We are baptized into the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, identifying ourselves with him, advertising our faith. Y'all remember, a little fella got saved in Sunday school, and the teacher said, go tell the preacher you've been saved and you need to be baptized. And the little boy was excited. He ran up the steps to the front row and said, preacher, preacher, I got saved and now I need to be advertised. Amen. <laughs> then I thought about the building block of attendance. You ought to attend the house of God, church attendance, the attendance of your faith, and then scripture reading. You ought to daily read the word of God. The word of God is the authority of our faith, amen. And then you ought to build on that your daily prayer life. That's the assistance of your faith, to pray and to seek God's face. Jesus said men ought always to pray and not to faint. Today I believe the Lord would have us concentrate on obedience. That is the action of your faith. We need to be determined to be obedient to the voice of God. What he says do, when he says do it, where he says do it. You've seen this morning there are folks that have before us this morning shown obedience in their lives to what God told them to do. Not just in the songs that were sung this morning, but in singing extra verses or in having someone anointed with oil, praying that the Lord would heal, amen, and hear our prayers and heal people standing up to testify in obedience to the prompting and the moving and the wooing of the Holy Ghost. Honey, there's a time when you and I need to be obedient to the voice of God, amen. Father, would you help us this morning that we might preach the word Help us, Lord, I pray, to rightly divide the word of truth. And for this we pray in Jesus' name. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. If you'd turn with me now to the Old Testament book of 1 Kings chapter 17. I believe there are times when God speaks and it's informational. I believe there are times when God speaks and it's inspirational. There are times when God speaks and it edifies us. There are times that God speaks and it excites our soul. If I could say one thing this morning to you as a Christian, and if I never see you again until the judgment seat of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would give you this word. 
Be obedient to every minute detail of your life in your walk, as you walk with the Lord. 1 Samuel 15 verse number 22 says, To obey is better than sacrifice. If you see a Christian today that's got a good testimony and, and, and you see them and they've been an example to you, I promise you if you'll look close in their life, you'll see their prayer life, their commitment to the Word of God, and their obedience to the voice of God in His leaving. I think about my daddy. One of the greatest men that I've ever known in my life is my daddy. He walks with God and he talks with God. And he's not just like that in the pulpit or in the church house. He's like that in his everyday life. He was like that as my dad, as the husband in our home, as a daddy in our home. My dad has been like that. He's been obedient to the voice of God. And yet he'd tell you there's times that he's missed it, times that he didn't do what God would have him to do. Today I want to speak about learning to listen and obey the Spirit of God. And preacher Darren, uh, if the Lord was to come to you and, and, and give you this big uh, project for you to take on and work, you'd do everything you could to be obedient to make sure that project got done. Yet in your individual life, every day, God speaks to you and shows you and leads you. And I'm going to tell you something. You're not going to get the big project in life until you've learned to be obedient in the small projects of your life. Amen. Be obedient. When I think about obedience, I think about the life of the man of God, Elijah. There are many scenes in Elijah's life. I want to look at just four of them. I want to start with number one, the Brook Experience. The Bible says in 1 Kings 17, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain. What about that? These years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. I want to say that under the heading of the brook experience, that obedience is key to God's provisions in your life. Now, let's see some things here. When I examine the scripture, I see Elijah's orders. God gave Elijah some orders. Preacher, Dan, I don't understand what his orders have to do with the famine. You're right, I don't understand it either. But let's examine his orders. There's a proclamation that God makes. God said, get thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith. So God's given him a word. He said, I want you to go and hide yourself. He gives him a place. He said, I want you to go by the brook Cherith. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Where's the place? There. What about it? I want to ask you a question. Are you there? I believe God has a there for every single Christian today. Oh, preacher Darren, you're right. I don't want to be here. I want to be there. Well, for some of you geographically, you are exactly where you need to be. You see, the word here has just got a cross in front of it. 
And if you'd learn to put the cross first and pick it up and bear it, your here will become there in your life. Amen? And so God has commanded us to go there. Now look at his promise. He says, I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. He, look at it. Look at the tense of the verbs. He did not say, if you get there or when you get there, then I will command. No. He said, I've already commanded the ravens to feed you there. Bless God, you need to be there. Amen. Now, I want to say this. God was already prepared for Elijah's tomorrow. Before Elijah ever got there, God had already commanded the ravens to feed him there. God's already prepared for your Monday, for your Tuesday. He sees you and he knows the need, amen, before you ever get there. He sees the need before the need ever arises in your life. He's not just a God of provision. He's a God of prevision. He sees what you need and he's provided everything you need. That's his orders. What is his obedience? Verse 5. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. That's his obedience. The best definition I can give you of obedience is he went and did according to the word of the Lord. The best thing you'll ever know about obedience in your life is that you went and did what God told you to do. We see his orders. We see his obedience. Preacher Darren, what is the outcome? Well, he gets there by the brook Cherith, uh, that is before Jordan. And the ravens, look with me, verse 6, brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. What was the outcome? God did what he said he would do. God took care of his every need. Well, preacher dear, and I think it was just an accident. Can you just imagine there's Elijah down by the brook saying, God, I'm there where you told me to be. I am there. Supper, Lord. And about that time, a raven comes flying by and drops him flesh and drops him bread. And I'm sure the devil said, that was an accident. That won't happen again tonight. That'll never happen again. Maybe he met your need here. That was an accident. But it's never going to happen again. In fact, I, I, I was, listen, listen to this. There was a preacher who wrote a book, and the book said that the meat that the raven picked up was raw flesh. And when he dropped it, that was no big miracle. That was no big deal. He dropped it as he was on his way to feed the babies. And there, the man of God had to have a barbecue by the brook that day. But then I never did figure out when I thought about it how that raven was able to carry uncooked cornbread and drop it to the man of God. They can't explain that part, can they? You see, what happened was God spoke to those ravens and those ravens went and picked up some flesh that had been cooked, that was already prepared and gave it to the man of God. And I thank, bless God, he went and got a big cat head biscuit. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. A big cat head biscuit that was specifically prepared for the man of God and dropped it there. And Elijah had bread and flesh every single day, twice a day. God's provision to the obedient. Second of all, I see another experience 
in Elijah's life. I see the barrel experience. We come to verse 7. It came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell, look at that word, dwell there. Behold, I have, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. A second experience in his life, the barrel experience. Obedience is the key to God's programming. You and I must learn that God doesn't work according to our time, our now. He works according to his timing. When he was four days late for Lazarus, he was still on time. If he had got there the very first day and had healed him of his sickness, that would have been great. But isn't it even greater that he raised him from the dead four days later? Hallelujah. Now let's look again at the orders. What are the orders? What's the proclamation? Elijah, verse 8 and 9, you're to arise and go down to Zarephath. There's the place. You're to dwell there. What's the promise? I've commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Amen. Now, there's the orders. What's the obedience? The Bible says in verse number 10, So he arose, and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there, gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel, that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth. Time out. This woman's not even saved. If she is saved, she said, As the Lord my God liveth. But she said, As the Lord thy God liveth. She's a Gentile woman. Outside the covenant of promise, outside any hope, She's a stranger, amen. She represents you and me as just an old sinner, amen. And God spoke to us about what he's wanting us to do, amen. And we're just, well, I don't, I he spoke, said, you need to get saved. You need to get right with God. I don't know, I don't know. And so I'm there waiting. There was, I was waiting. What's she waiting on? She's waiting on the man of God to show up with God's message and tell her what to do. And he says, I won't look. I have not a cake, she said, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go up and dress it for me and my son that we may eat it and die. The man of God, Elijah, said to her, Fear not, go and do as thou hast said, but make me a little cake first. How many of you know in God's economy, if there's a first, there's going to be a second and a third and a fourth, amen? Make me a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make for thee and for thy son. You know, she thought, what in the world? The preacher didn't hear me. I said, I got enough to make a cake for me and my boy to share one cake and he wants me to take that cake and give it to him first and then make us one. What are we going to make one of? So she goes to the meal barrel. She reaches in, she needs the bread, she puts it in the oven, she gives it to the man of God first. After she takes it to the man of God, says, here's that cake of bread that you was asking for. She goes back to the meal bear and says, I wonder if I got it all. I want you to look, there's a little bit left. Hallelujah. And she went back and made a cake for her and her son. 
The man of God says, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And look, look at her obedience. She went and did. The best example, the best definition I can give you of obedience is she went and did according to the word of the Lord. The Bible says she did according to the saying of Elijah. She and he and her house did eat many days and the barrel of meal wasted not. Neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. May I say this to you today? You may think, preacher, Derek, why is it important that I'm obedient? Because, come here, I'll tell you. Somebody is waiting on your action of obedience before they can do what they need to do. There's somebody that God told me. There's somebody today waiting on you to preach this message to give them an indicator of what they're supposed to step up and do. When you get in there and do what I tell you, I tell you to do, they're going to become obedient to what I've told them to do. You encourage them today. You give them a word from me. I've already told the prayer room this morning. When I came in, I wanted to preach on Israel and some things that's been happening with this attack. That's what I wanted to switch over to. And God said, oh, no, no, no. No, you be obedient. To what I said do, you go there <laughs> and you be obedient. And bless God, here I am preaching to you to tell you that God's, the key to God's uh, program in your life is your obedience to his voice. God will give you provision. God will put you right where he needs to be, right where you need to be, right when you need it. Let me say this. Some of you think, well, I think that's just coincidence, preacher. He was passing by. She was gathering two sticks. You go ahead and believe in your coincidence. I believe in the providence of God. Some of you say, well, that's just good luck. No, honey, I think it was a good Lord. God's programming for the obedient. There's a third experience I'm interested in in 1 Kings chapter 18. In 1 Kings chapter 18, it's the blazing experience. Uh, what, what happens here, preacher Dan? Well, read with me. Verse 1, it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. So we're going to find out that in the blazing experience, obedience is the key to God's power. You need God's power in your life? Become obedient. What are the orders? God says to Elijah, man of God, I want you to go and show thyself to Ahab. Now you got your Bible? Amen. Turn with me back to chapter 17. I read it one time already. I want you to see it. This is important. Chapter 17. I want to look in verse 3. The first time at the uh, Brook experience, he says in verse 3, get thee hence, turn thyself eastward and hide thyself. There's a time to hide thyself. And now we go through the brook experience, the barrel experience. We come to chapter 18 and we see now it's time to show yourself. Son, let me tell you something. You need to hide yourself before you show yourself. Because if you try to show yourself before you hide yourself, you've shown yourself. And we've seen enough of you. We want to see what God can do through you and in you for the glory of God. Amen. He says, go and show yourself to Ahab. You go stand before the king. Amen. Where's he going? Down to Samaria. He's going to stand before the palace. What's God going to do? What's the promise? He said, I will send rain upon the earth. 
It's not rained in three and one half years. That's right, Elijah. But you go stand before Ahab. You do what I said do. You tell him it's going to rain and I'm going to send rain. Be obedient to my voice. The man of God, he gets there to show himself. Verse 2, Elijah went to show himself unto Ahab and there was a sore famine in Samaria. Verse 19, Now therefore sin, gather to me all of Israel unto Mount Carmel, and the prophets of Baal 450, and the prophets of the groves 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So, Abraham, so Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long, 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 hold ye, 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 between two opinions, opinions, opinions. If the Lord be God, God, follow him, him. And if Baal, follow him. And the people answered him, not a word. You know why they didn't answer? They weren't sure if God is God or if Baal is God. You see, Baal is the weather God. He's the God of the lightning, the God of the thunder, the God of the rain. But three and a half years, bless God, he ain't done a thing. And they said it's because he's in charge. He's decided it's time for us to have a famine, amen. Now I'm going to tell you who's going to tell you when it's time for a famine and when it's time for a good old rain shower. It's the Lord God Almighty, Jehovah Jireh himself. He's the one that's in charge. And Elijah said, let's issue a challenge. You boys, go build you up an altar. Lay you out a sacrifice. Do whatever it takes. And he said, I'm going to go do the same. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. They said, boy, this is easy. This is a fixed fight. Baal is the God of lightning. Baal is the God of the weather. We know we got this. They built up there their little altar. They laid out their sacrifice on it. Amen. And they started calling on Baal and nothing happened. Elijah, the man of God, mocked him and said, Hey, cry a little louder. Maybe your God's asleep. Cry a little louder. Maybe he's on a journey. Maybe he's on vacation. Amen. Cry a little louder. They started cutting themselves. Hey, you know, they, woo, 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 woo. They started jumping. Listen, they knew God. Their God wasn't going to answer. Why would you jump on an altar that's going to be lit with fire if you thought it was going to burn you up? They knew nothing was going to happen. They're trying to manufacture and make it happen. Amen. And when Elijah got tired of watching that mess, he went over, built up, he repaired the altar. You know what some of us need to do in obedience? We need to repair the altar that God has given us. Get back to praying again, amen. He repaired the altar. He dug a, drug, dug a tr trench around the altar. He put the sacrifice up on top of the altar. He said, go get me 12 barrels of water. How many of y'all know water and fire don't mix? He said, wet it down real good. I'm going to show them this is no accident, that God did this. They put 12 barrels of water on it. The barrel stood up in, the water stood up there in the trench. And the Bible says, Elijah started to pray. I counted the words. He never said amen. He prayed 66 words. They 66 books in the Bible. And after he prayed that many words, amen, you know what happened? God began to move and answered, amen, and lightning fell and struck that place. And God consumed the altar, consumed the sacrifice, consumed the stones, consumed the dirt, consumed the water up, amen, because our God is able. You know why it all happened? Because the man of God was obedient. And get this, amen, not only was the man of God obedient, but then everybody fell down and they began to say, the Lord, he is God, the Lord, he is God. There's 450 prophets of Baal. There's 400 prophets of the grove. And now guess what? Elijah's going to defeat them all and turn them into a non-profit organization. 
Amen. Our God is able. Hallelujah. Now, we know after that, look with me in chapter 18, verses 41 through 46. Guess what God did? God sent a mighty rain. He sent the rain that he said he is going to send. Amen. We began to see then. Obedience, preacher dear. Obedience. Obedience there at the brook. Obedience at the barrel. Obedience there in the blazing experience where the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice and the altar. We see the blazing. Obedience, preacher dear. I'm getting it. First Kings chapter 19. We have a fourth scene in Elijah's life. We call this the battling experience. In chapter 19, we're going to see this. That obedience is key to God's peace. Now we've said it already. If you're going to be obedient, it's a key to God's provision. If you're going to be obedient, it's a key to God's programming. If you're going to be obedient, it's a key to God's power. If you're going to be obedient, it's a key to God's peace in your life. If you don't have peace in your life, look around and see if you've been obedient in everything God's told you to do. Let's look. Every time we've seen it, we've seen orders, we've seen uh, obedience, and we've seen the outcome. Let's get the orders. Look at verse number 1. And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. I don't see any orders. Verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a message, messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them, by tomorrow about this time. Ooh, no orders. Verse 3. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. Y'all, I don't see any orders. Verse 4. My outline's messed up. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, It is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under a juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said, Arise and eat. Did you see? Elijah has no orders. If he has no orders, why is he moving? He moved without orders from headquarters. He went out on his own. He acted in fear. You see, obedience is the key to God's peace. When you decide you're going to start reacting on your own, you lose peace. You get discouraged. You're set up for defeat. The man of God who had defeated 400 and 450 more prophets, the man of God had called down fire from heaven, the man of God has been so obedient in one moment of disobedience. He's lost peace in his very own life. There are no orders. There is no obedience. He's living in disobedience. If you make a move on your own, you're going to have no peace. What is the outcome? God sends him an angel and gives him food and says, arise and eat. He does. He eats. He lays back down. He still quit on God. God sent the angel again and said, I said, eat, arise and eat because the journey is too great for thee. He eats again, he arrives, he goes 40 days in the strength of that. Up to a mountain and into a cave, into a place of hiding. I'm talking to somebody today. You're hiding. And when he gets in the cave, chapter 19, verse number 9, he came thither to a cave and he lodged there 
And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? I need a volunteer. Who volunteered? Will you come here? Richard Tolley. I said, come here. You know what he did? He came here. But before he got here, I was already here. When the man of God tried to get in the cave and he tried to quit serving, he's got no peace, he's discouraged, he's down on his own. He fa- God shows up and says, what doest thou here? God's already there. God's already prepared for your fallout. God's already preparing for your disobedience. And guess what he said? If you'll confess your sins, I am faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Thank you. I want to say this to you and I'm done. Church, will you hear me for just a second? Are you doing what God spoke to you? Are you honoring your commitment to God's will for your life? If one day I die and leave this world, I hope and pray that one thing that I leave behind for my family is that they say, I'll say this about my daddy. He went and did according to the word of the Lord. Are you living in some area of disobedience in your life? Are you there? Or are you here? There is a way out from the disobedience and the place of no peace in your life. It's admitting where you are, falling on your face, on your knees, into your pew, wherever it may be, and saying, God, forgive me for going out on my own. I've reacted in fear. This was not faith. Forgive me, Lord, because I've acted on my flesh and I've messed up again. Lord, can you, will you use me again? Will you forgive me and put me back to of use by the master? I'm speaking to somebody today. You stand to your feet. Somebody come to the piano, please. Child of God, you may be perfect in your obedience. But I'm telling you, the enemy right now has a plan to tempt you to say no to God's orders. And I'm going to ask you right now, would you come to the altar and say, oh God, help me to say yes to what God wants me to do. God, prepare me, help me. I don't want to say no. Folks are coming. What do you need to do? Come on right now. Preacher, help me. Pray for me, preacher. I'm going to right now. Come right now to the altar. Come on right now. Oh God, I want to be obedient to your voice. God, help me to be obedient. God bless you. Thank you. Keep coming. That's right. Keep coming. Lord, help me to be obedient to your voice. Elijah had no peace. I know what happened. He was disobedient. Help me to become obedient, Father. Folks still coming. Still coming. Father, this morning, we pray and seek your face and tell you, Lord, our obedience is faltering. Lord, there have been times that we've been obedient. We've seen the provision of God. 
the programming time of God, the power of God as it's fallen. God, this morning, there are many that don't have perfect peace about some things in their life, and it's because of disobedience. It's because of reacting in fear and reacting in the flesh and moving without orders. And God, I pray you'd forgive us of that and help us, God, as we confess ourselves as sinners and you as our perfect Savior, that you might forgive us and restore us. Help us, oh God. May your power rest upon us once more. God, you know the need today. And it's great. Lord, there's someone you're speaking to. The devil is trying to sift them, trying to get them to say no to the things of God. It happened to Simon Peter. He said, I'll never deny you, Lord. I'll go to the death with you. But when he was tempted, he denied you three times and the third time with cuss words. Lord, help us, God, to be prepared for when that temptation comes that we may be obedient to your voice and the leadership of your spirit. And for this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.